It's time for the Hokie Hour on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Talk Network. Now from the Mockadoo Studio, here's Tim Donnelly. Tim Donnelly Show continuing here on WRAD Radio Network. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro here inside the Mockadoo Studio just so you know what you can expect today. In just about an hour, a little less actually, We'll be welcoming Bill Roth onto the show for the Roth Report. Uh, last week he had some really interesting things to say about the Coach Fuente situation. That's obviously mostly rolled up and, and packed away nicely, so we'll have to go in some other directions here. As someone uh, that has covered college basketball and is actively traveling the country to call college basketball, uh, really interested to see what Bill Roth has to say about uh, about the fight between Kansas and Kansas State and how that might affect college basketball moving forward. Uh, so like I said, that's coming up in a little less than an hour, just a couple minutes less than an hour to start the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, also, Virginia Tech and North Carolina tonight. Virginia Tech hosting North Carolina in men's basketball. That is an 8 p.m. start, which means on our sister station, 105.3 The Bear. Uh, the IMG Learfield pregame show will start at 7.30. That'll obviously be John Laser And the 2019 Virginia Sports Broadcaster of the Year, Mike Burnup, uh, assisting him with that one as the color commentator. So that's coming up, 7.30 airtime, 8 o'clock opening tip tonight. In the meantime, there might be a conversation you find yourself in at some point today about the, the sports news of the day, and, and let's say you're busy. Maybe you were tired last night. You, you, you knocked off early. Uh, you, you got involved in a movie, didn't check the sports scores. That's where Got You Covered comes into play. We make sure you know what's up and what's being talked about in the sports world. Here it is. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. So the big news that everyone is up in arms about, everyone is artificially angry because the world is mad at it, then you should be too, is that Derek Jeter is in the Hall of Fame, but one voter decided not to put him in, so he is not a unanimous Hall of Famer like his former teammate Mariano Rivera. But you are smarter than that because I'm going to tell you why you are smarter than that. The only reason everyone is upset is because he's a Yankee. How about this? He has no MVPs. How in the world is someone with no MVPs at a premier position like shortstop going to be the second unanimous Hall of Famer of all time? He's only ranked in the top five in war for two seasons. Making him unanimous would be a travesty to all of the other Hall of Famers that were not unanimous. You think of the all-time greats. You think of Hank Aaron. You think of Ken Griffey. You think of the best players of the best players of the best ever. None of them were unanimous. So why in the world should Derek Jeter be unanimous just because he was a Yankee and played on some good teams? Get out of here with that nonsense. In the other side of it, though, uh, the other side of the Hall of Fame inductions, Larry Walker finally punches his ticket to Cooperstown. How about this one, everybody? More home runs than Derek Jeter. The exact same amount of RBIs in less years as Derek Jeter. Better average than Derek Jeter. An MVP award that Derek Jeter doesn't have. How in the world did it take Larry Walker this long to get into the Hall of Fame, but Derek Jeter gets to coast on in almost unanimously? Kansas, Kansas State. Disgusting. Black eye for, for college basketball. 
needs to be taken out of the game. Coaches, players need to take it upon themselves to not let that happen. Not only was there a gigantic fight at the end of the Kansas-Kansas State college basketball game that was spurred by people try, or players trying to continue playing while the game was out of reach in the final seconds, but Silvio D'Souza picked up a, a, a stool and was ready to swing the, the stool at another player before an assistant coach got on a hand on it and stopped him. It is disgusting. It is a black eye on college basketball. It, it will linger. This is not going away anytime soon. Suspensions should be handed down not only to the players, but to the coaches and assistant coaches that couldn't control it. There needs to be a severe deterrent to this, and if the punishment does not match the offense, then no one will stop. Uh, When it comes to Hokie news, how about this? Landers Nolly, and and more importantly, Landers Nolly's father, quoted in a Roanoke Times story from Mark Berman, this is straight from Landers Nolly's father. Landers is a pro. At the rate he's going, he won't be back next year which means he's looking out for him. He's looking out for the best in, uh, the, the best interest of his son, but also putting it out there to Hokie Nation that Landers Nolly, the third leading scorer in the Atlantic Coast Conference, his goals are the NBA. Everyone grows up with different uh, imaginations, right? Some people, when they're in their driveway, are counting down three, two, one, and putting up the shot. And when it coasts through the air, it's going to win them a national championship in college. Some, on the other hand, three, two, one, and it's an NBA jersey that is on their, 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 uh, that they're wearing inside their imagination. Landers Nolly appears to be an NBA player. Tonight for the Hokies, Virginia Tech taking on North Carolina. Cole Anthony not playing. Uh, North Carolina under 500, 1-5 in the ACC, just trying to stay afloat, not even from an NCAA tournament or, or a ranking standpoint, just from a program sanity standpoint. We've seen Roy Williams go up and down and up and down and up and down a few times, and uh, let's just say they've been on a down now for a while. Zion Williamson will make his debut tonight. We we saw him up close and personal as Hokie fans last year in the NCAA tournament when, when Duke was able to be just a hair better than the Hokies to punch their ticket into the Elite Eight. I'm putting it this way. What does success for Zion Williamson look like tonight? Is it 20 points and 10 rebounds? Is it five highlight dunks that are on SportsCenter? Is it a win for New Orleans? Uh-uh, uh-uh, no, and absolutely not. What success looks like for Zion Williamson is health. Hopefully he stays healthy. Let's start with baby steps for a rookie making his very first start. And lastly, Antonio Brown again catches himself in in some disadvantageous situations uh, of his own doing. Um, He needs help. We should be treating Antonio Brown like we treated, like we are treating Delonte West after the video of Delonte West obviously um, dealing with some mental health issues has surfaced on the internet. Teammates, former coaches, uh, league officials have all been reaching out to Delonte to try to get him the help that he needs. Let's just say this, Antonio Brown, he needs as much help as anybody else. That was Gotcha Covered here on the Tim Donnelly Show. And, uh, and, and all true, right there at the end, Antonio Brown definitely needs some help. We'll talk about it in a bit. In the meantime, Mark Berman of the Roanoke Times put a story out about the Virginia Tech uh, redshirt freshman, right? It, it, the story was largely about Landers Nolly and Tyrese Radford and their 
trips towards being huge contributors on a surprising Virginia Tech team, right? Neither of these guys were able to play a season ago due to their their academic issues, right? Uh, whether it was eligibility issues or just straight regular academic issues, uh, they were forced to to redshirt a season ago. And, and now um, they're both playing, and they're both playing very well to the point where you know, in a win against Wake Forest, they each had 21 points to the point where Landers Nolly is the third leading scorer in the Atlantic Coast Conference to the point where Tyrese Radford is leading Virginia Tech in rebounds as a six foot one inch guard. And, and, and that's what the story was about. And it was a nice story and it was a heartwarming story. And it was a story about, you know, not getting down on yourselves and credit to Mark Berman for writing it, but you know, just two or three paragraphs from the end, right? There was a quote from Landers Nolly's father. Landers Nolly said, or excuse me, Landers Nolly's father said, Landers is a pro. At the rate he's going, he won't be back next year. Wow. Which, if you're a Hokie basketball fan, everyone just went, <gasps> stopped in your tracks, right? Landers, not, no, 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 no. This year is the year before the year before the year. His junior year is the year where Virginia Tech's going to run the Atlantic Coast Conference. When all of these freshmen are senior or juniors or, or redshirt juniors, that's the year where everything's going to come together. When they can have some big guys in the 2020 class be sophomores, that's the year where everything. Don't, don't leave now. You're leaving the party that doesn't even get jumping until 11 at 930. But here's the thing. That mindset is probably what got Landers Nolly to the point that he is now. Right? Let me explain. In that article, it also mentions Landers Nolly's trip through high school, which started in Georgia, which is where he's from, and, and his freshman year, he didn't start on varsity. Like most freshmen, don't start on varsity, especially at good high schools and good areas with good athletic programs. So what they do? They knew he was destined for bigger, so they moved to Chicago for a year. Where guess what? He didn't start. So guess what happened? They moved back to Georgia. Where as a junior at a different school than he originally started with, he finally became a starter and led his team to two state championships and his senior year was named Mr. Basketball of Georgia. He benefits from the high expectations that he and his family have for him. He has done well with the pressure of being an individual star. You don't know if maybe he doesn't become the type of player that he is if he doesn't openly expect to be a superstar, right? If he doesn't openly expect to be an NBA first-round draft pick after one year of playing in college. I mean, we sit here and, like, chant his name like cheerleaders on the show. Landers Nolly. As we should. As we should. And and the fact of the matter is, if you can be a first-round pick, I salute you on your way out of town. Because that is not easy to do. It, I mean, and it's, and it's money that can't really be replaced, right? It, it's it's money that is, is seriously life-changing. But... I guess the the only issue one might have with it is is going 
public with it. And I think Landers Nolly actually handled it as good as he could handle it. He said, I'm not worried about the draft till after the season. If I start thinking about it now, then I'm not thinking about this team and I'm not thinking about continuing to surprise people the way that we had. So, so I'm just throw this out there. This is how all of this should be happening. Don't be mad at Landers. Don't be mad at Landers' dad. Don't be confused. Don't think this is a, a, a slight. Here's what I'm going to say. During the season, a player should be focused on the season. For all intents and purposes, that's what we've seen Landers do. Be focused on the season. But it is not a bad idea to have someone you explicitly trust, someone who you would trust with your life, to be thinking about the future for you while your focus is on the game. And I don't know who else better than that than your dad. Right? It's it's the same thing. Once you get to the pros, you, you sign with an agent, right? And it's supposed to kind of be that same style of relationship, right? Where you just focus on playing well and the agent will focus on getting you the most money. Now, obviously, you want to keep tabs on your agent. You don't want to give him you know, power of attorney and just let him run wild with your life. But there is an element of you focus on playing, we'll handle the business. Now, obviously, college athletes don't have agents. I think they should be allowed to, but they don't. So so Landers Nolly is kind of saying, I'll focus on basketball. Dad, you evaluate my position with everything else that, that matters to us, with our chances of, of achieving our dreams. Because I said this in, in the uh, Gotcha Covered segment, and I really do mean it. You don't know what someone's dream is, right? You, you can't go into their brain and see what they've wanted their entire life. Some kids, when they're in their backyard playing football, are imagining themselves wearing a Virginia Tech uniform. Some kids, when they're in their backyard playing football, are imagining themselves wearing an NFL uniform. Some are, are imagining themselves wearing their high school's uniform. Right? And, and, and there's no way for us to know which of those is true. Some of them use college as a stepping stone towards their real dream. And the moment they can leap, they're going to jump. Some believe college is their real dream and they're going to stay as long as they possibly can and squeeze every bit of juice from that orange and make it as, as long and tasty as possible. That's why guys like Travis Etienne are back at Clemson. National championship might mean more to them than a Pro Bowl and a big contract. Let's take a break. When we come back, Landers Nolly's playing tonight against North Carolina. Uh, what to expect for the Hokies taking on an ACC rival after this. Sports in the NRV just got a wake-up call. Wake up. The Tim Donnelly Show continues next on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show continuing. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD. Tonight, everybody. Virginia Tech has an opportunity to kick a hurt program when they're down. UNC is down, right? Uh, I, I think it's appropriate that we mention that it is still North Carolina and it is still Roy Williams Hall of Famer and, and they still have significantly higher rated recruits than Virginia Tech. So there are certain things, you know, they're still going to be wearing Carolina blue and they're still going to be sponsored by Jordan. There are certain things that are always prevalent when you play North Carolina. But this ain't North Carolina. 
eight and nine, one and five in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Roy Williams can't decide which way is up. Yeah, that's to say. I'm wondering what he if the Hokies win. I wonder what Roy Williams will do next. They lose a game, and he says, "This is the least gifted team I've ever had at North Carolina." They lose the next game, and he says, "That was the worst game in my career, and it will be my regret whenever my career is over. It's all on me." They lose a game, and he's like, "Oh, we're not playing well." It, it's 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 every it's up and down. It's left and right. Nothing is right for Roy Williams, and you hate that too. I don't really. Well, I mean, dude's lived I, a charmed life. He's been a, a coach at Kansas where he just minted five stars. Then he came to North Carolina where it's probably easier to recruit than anywhere in the country. Well, you hate the fact, like for the players though, like that mor- morality is not or morale is not very high. I not guess. at North Carolina, and and that's why Virginia Tech has to come into this game with with a different conviction than they come into most North Carolina games. Right. If you look at the past few years, and even starting next year once again with North Carolina having the third ranked recruit or third ranked recruiting class in the entire nation, uh, Virginia Tech's going to come, you know, as as the the hunter most often into any game against North Carolina. They have to come into this game as the hunted, right? The expected winners. Virginia Tech is the better basketball team than North Carolina tonight, right? UNC. Uh, has has made a living off of very talented players because they replace them with very talented freshmen the next year. And that was supposed to be the case this year with Cole Anthony being the biggest addition. Cole Anthony was the fourth overall recruit, likely going to be a top five pick at a premier position in college basketball, which is point guard. He's been hurt for most of the season, which leaves just uh, Armando Baycoat as the lone freshman in the top seven most productive University of North Carolina players, right? 10 points, eight rebounds, 0.9 assists, and and that's all they get out of the freshman class, essentially. They have guys like Garrison Brooks, 6'9 junior, who's averaging 14.5 points, 9.2 rebounds, and 1.6 points. So it's not like they don't have talent. It's just they don't have the level of talent they're used to. And I say this often. I say this often, and I mean this often. Sometimes I wonder if coaches like Roy Williams got lucky early in their careers, right? Maybe signed a player that was a diamond in the rough, turned that into a a couple good seasons early on, got fast-tracked because he was an assistant at North Carolina under Dean Smith, got fast-tracked to the head coach at Kansas, and then once you're at Kansas, it's it's almost impossible to lose because you can recruit so well. Once you're at North Carolina, it's difficult not to put together a good team. I don't know if Roy Williams can do what Mike Young is doing right now. I don't know if Roy Williams can take a group of of Island of Misfit Toys, I don't know, like a hodgepodge group of 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 ragtag. A ragtag bunch, exactly. Like a sandlot group of of basketball players and turn them into a winner. I don't know if he can do that. I don't know if he's that style of coach. So if you're Virginia Tech, you have to make sure that he can't do that. <laughs> I mean, Mike Young can already has proven he can kind of do that. So I'm excited to see what Mike Young does down the road. Just go beat him up. Beat him up if, you, if you're, you're Virginia Tech. Look at North Carolina and say you aren't what you used to be, and we're going to take out the last 20 years of you beating us right on your jawline with roundhouse kicks. And then tell Royal Williams he's, he's the disappointment. <laughs> we're going to take a break when we come back. Hashtag Hokies. Next.
Tim Donnelly Show, talk of the New River Valley. I'm Tim Donnelly, producer Lobro, joining me here inside the Mockadoo studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker team hotline. That's 540-639-4900. About a half hour away from welcoming Bill Roth onto the show for the Roth Report, uh, 11-time Virginia Broadcaster of the Year, Hall of Famer, all those types of things. Uh, He'll be joining us. Uh, resume speaks for itself, I guess is what I'm trying to say. He'll be joining us for the Roth Report in the not-too-distant future. In the meantime, uh, let's jump into one of our favorite segments of Hokie Hour. It's called Hashtag Hokies. All right, we're starting with a, a tweet. Again, if you don't know what Hashtag Hokie is by this point, we go online, we found the tweets that start conversations that we want to have about Hokies, about Virginia Tech. We drag them into the light, and we have those conversations right here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Starting with a tweet from at underscore Ashley R. Taylor. She says, happy first day of the semester, Hokies. We are still so happy you're back. Or sorry, we are so happy you're back. Now, I put this on here just to, to first of all, let the community know that Main Street's going to be a little bit more crowded once again, right? Sometimes you get, you get lulled into a sense of, of uh, emptiness when you have a, a summer or break uh, college town gets a little bit more calm, but the students are back, and and obviously I think it's fun. I like living in a college town. I like the energy that they bring. Um, but also, I'm it, it. always to me, the start of the spring semester is the the true turning of the page for football season, right? For for the 2019 season, you had until now to to get your body back on track after a football season, especially if you were someone who played a large amount of snaps. It takes some time to to feel, you know, normal, to get up in the morning and not have the first sound you make be, oh, as you you figure out which part of your body is going to give you a hard time that day. Usually by the time you get back for spring, assuming you didn't play deep into the, the break with a national championship or something like that, usually when you get back for the spring semester is when Everything starts to feel better, and you can really attack your workouts 100% without telling the, the strength coach, my shoulder's still killing me on these cleans, coach. My knee's still acting up. My, the, my quad is still giving me a hard time on these squats, coach, and, and he throttles you down. So now it's go time. Now it's 2020. Now it's from here in a dead sprint until spring ball. And then from spring ball, it's a dead sprint towards summer workouts. And then from summer workouts, it's a dead sprint towards training camp. The, the conveyor belt starts now, and it doesn't slow down until game number one. So, so from now on, when we talk Virginia Tech football here on this show, we're talking pretty much exclusively about next season. We might reference last year. You know, in regards to this happened last year, so you can expect this in 2020. In regards to this guy needs to improve on what he did from 2019 to 2020. This player needs to continue to build on. If Caleb Farley improves as much from 20, uh, 2019 to 2020 as he did from 2018 to 2019, he's going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. We can have those conversations. But it's about the future now. It's about moving forward. Next Hashtag Hokies segment comes from at J2Josh, a frequent flyer on Hashtag Hokies. Guy says some interesting stuff. He said, in short, opponents have gotten comfortable in lane in recent years. It needs to get back to being a hostile environment. Play Metallica's Black Album during breaks. Something. 
need something, need to not be. There we go. Uh, I mean, let me start this over. Take two. The grammar and my own handwriting kind of threw me off. Play Metallica's Black Album during breaks. Something. Needs to not be a single moment of quiet when the ball isn't in play. Hashtag Hokies. Now, I'm all for that Black Album. I, that is one of my favorite <laughs> albums of all time. I, Just I, saying. It's a chicken or the egg thing for me, right? Is is <laughs> Chicken or the egg for me. Is the stadium loud and thus the team plays well? Or is when the team playing well, the stadium loud? See, I don't know if that's like, if there's any like correlation between that, but I definitely think a positive environment helps. Because I like, I mean, obviously the games that everyone remembers are the Thursday night games when the entire nation's watching and Corey Moore is either saying, welcome to the Terror Dome or, or, uh, you know, those mid 2000s teams are just absolutely stifling the opponents and Lane Stadium is going wild. But I also, you know, you look back and you think, well, that t- 1999 team is the best in Virginia Tech football history. And those mid 2000s teams is probably the best era in Virginia Tech football history. And, and you have to wonder, was the stadium loud and thus it made the play better? Or was the team fantastic and thus the stadium got loud and the environment became real? It's it's a chicken or the egg. You don't know which caused the other. Is it correlation or is it causation? And, and there's no way to know. So I'll, I'll end with this. If there's no way to know what caused what, you might as well be loud. <laughs> you might as well because, you know, if, if, if how loud you are doesn't affect play, you're just being loud and it's fun. If, I mean, if, it's loud being it's if, fun being loud. If being loud does affect play, then you're being loud and you're affecting play. So you might as well do it either way. We have a caller on the line. Well, yeah, we got Rocky on the Baker team hotline. Rocky on the Baker team hotline. Hey, Rocky, what's going on, my man? Hey, I think Virginia Tech has one of the greatest fan bases in all of sports. So I'll give the credit to the fan base. It's been hard to overcome some of the uh, play in recent years, but I know Virginia Tech fans are probably in top tier of any fans in the world. So I agree with that, I, I but you don't they, want to you don't want to sell the player short, right? You don't want to you don't want to say Xavier Adibi and Vince Hall were only good because the stadium was loud, right? They were good on their own right as well. So it's just which one is contributing to which. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see coming up in the next season uh, what plays out for sure because the fans are going to have to step it up given uh, you know, some of the turmoil that's going on with this team. So um, Nanders, oh, sorry, Landers Nolly. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of dangerous when your dad becomes your agent. Um, it really hurt Nazir Little from North Carolina last year. I think it turned off a lot of NBA teams having to deal with Nazir Little's dad, who was basically his agent from a very early age and was shopping him around. So I think Landers Nolly is definitely not Nazir Little. I don't have any comparison there. Uh, Landers Nolly is awesome. What, what, but, uh, I, let me it, let me be clear. I, I didn't I didn't want to say that that Landers Nolly's dad was being his agent. I'm just saying that um, there needs to be somebody looking out for you when you're focused on basketball. When you're when you're a professional, that oftentimes falls on the agent because he knows the business side. But when you're you're a college basketball player, you still need someone looking out for you 
when you are concerned only about, you know, the North Carolina game on Wednesday or the the upcoming rivalry game or whatever it is. I, I didn't want to say, you know, I don't think that, that you know, Landers Nolly's dad is calling NBA teams and saying, you know, this, that, or the other. I, th- I think he's just you, – you need people in your corner, and your parents, for most people, are, are going to be that group in your corner. Yeah, it just seems kind of weird when a guy moves to Chicago and then moves back to Georgia that, you know, may, there may be some issues there. Um, don't want to assume, don't want to assume anything there. It could have been they were just trying to put their son in the best possible environment, and, and you know, I think that's commendable for a parent. I also think that you're right. I mean, Nazir, uh, sir, Landers Nolly needs to go to the NBA. I, if you have that skill set, being in college is not productive. You need to be around professionals. And I think that, you know, going him, Landers Nolly going to the NBA is a very good idea. Um, other than that, I think Larry Walker, um, he's a jerk. Um, that's just my experience growing up in Colorado that Larry Walker's a jerk. And I think Nolan Arenado needs to be traded because he's a great player and the Rockies are a garbage franchise. That's all I got. All right, appreciate it, Rocky. Uh, along those lines, and, and you're going to hear this everywhere, um, I don't believe the Hall of Fame has a, like, we don't let jerks in clause. Um, and also, I, I, I had this conversation with someone. Every, every celebrity has a you're a jerk story. Every celebrity has a you're a jerk story. It is hard to be nice to thousands and thousands of people that interrupt everything you're doing. I if, mean, some have more than others, yes, clearly. And, but, but that's true for literally anything, right? I mean, even so, you and me probably. If you go to a school, every teacher has at least one student that's like you're a jerk. Some, student, some teachers have herds of students that are saying they're a jerk. But, but the fact of the matter is nobody's perfect. Uh, if, if you're if you're the biggest names athlete in a city, and you go around that city occasionally, you go out to dinner, you're, you're going to interact with hundreds of people each time you go out. And even if you're nice to 99 of them, that one is going to spread the gospel that you're a jerk. So so I I'm, I always take him with a grain of salt. Not saying that Larry Walker wasn't a jerk, whatever experience Rocky had, but but I always take those stories with a grain of salt, just knowing that you know. I'm sure there's someone out there that thinks I'm a jerk and I'm not a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, because, everybody. because they caught me on a day where I, I didn't sleep the night before and, and, you know, I had food poisoning two days ago and, and they, it's and they asked time. a favor and I was like, no, no, I won't. And they, and they don't know what I'm going through. So they just think I'm a jerk. Um, it, it happens. So, so I always take those with a grain of salt, but, but not discrediting any story there. We're going to take a break when we come back. Uh, transfers, the portal, the new college football. How is it affecting the Hokies? Stick around. Miss something? Yeah, we missed you so much. Download the Tim Donnelly Show podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in to the Tim Donnelly Show. Here in the NRV, waking you up with reckless energy and sports talk. Uh, Ferociousness, I believe, is what we we called it yesterday. Um, We are... Two and a half weeks into the morning show, going well. Thank you for waking up with us here in, in the New River Valley. Um, uh, we're, we're having a conversation right here, right now, about transfers. Transfers and the transfer portal have kind of revolutionized college football, right? It's made it so your program has to be fun enough, attractive enough, supportive enough that not only do players want to commit there out of high school, but they want to recommit towards staying in your program every offseason. 
because the portal has given them realistic options for leaving and going somewhere else, especially those that play well, right? So, so think about it. If you play well, the program has to once again convince you to, to stay, which is something that back in the day didn't happen, right? You, you go back long enough, it was just, you know, you commit somewhere and you were there four years. You commit somewhere, somewhere and you were there four years. My uncle played football at Duke, right? And, and I know everyone has this story, right? Everyone has that. I blew out my knee or I'd be in the pros. Um, but the, the summer right before he got on campus at Duke, he got mono. And, and, and mono will zap you of your, your size and your strength, right? You, you lose a ton of weight. So he's a tight end, shows up at Duke, and he's 25 pounds lighter than he played in high school. And, and that's the first impression he dropped on the Duke coaches. And, and sure enough, the, the Duke coaches, you know, he, he never was able to shake that, never really played at Duke. If, if it were today, as soon as he got his, his weight back and he realized that the coaches were still thinking of him as the frail guy that showed up on campus, portal, right? He, he's a 6'5", he's a 240-pound tight end. In the portal, he's not the 6'5", 215-pound tight end that showed up on campus when he's, when he's in the portal. So he would have taken off. But back then, it just didn't happen. So he just was a backup tight end for the length of his career at Duke. That doesn't happen anymore. You have to re-recruit everyone each and every season. So, so the reason I bring this up is because Miami received a couple of high-profile transfers. Quincy Roche to Eric King. And... The overall blowback is, oh, Miami, once again, depending on the transfer portal, right? <laughs> Miami, once again, going to the portal. What losers. Well, I'm just going to throw this out there to, to Hokie fans. Do you think the Hokies aren't going to depend this upcoming year on Brock Hoffman? Do you think the Hokies this upcoming year aren't going to depend on Khalil Herbert? or Raheem Blackshear, with Herbert being likely one of the faces of the backfield at the running back position, Raheem Blackshear being one of the faces of versatility and being in the slot, in the backfield, in motion, with Brock Hoffman likely being one of the interior offensive linemen tasked with opening up holes for those guys. Not to mention that the the chaotic nature of what could come at the quarterback position if Braxton Burmeister, a transfer from Oregon who sat out last year, lives up to some of the hype of what we're hearing about him. Every single team in college football adds and subtracts by the transfer portal each and every year. Some players are going to leave. Some players are going to come back. Damon Hazelton on the way out, Raheem Blackshear on the way in. It's, it's just how this works. So be careful to be throwing stones at other teams because they get high-profile transfers when Virginia Tech was in the market. Right? <laughs> Miami's depending on the transfer portal. <laughs> it's like Virginia Tech wanted Quincy Roche. They were, they were in the market, not just for a transfer like him. They wanted him. They hosted him him on a on a transfer recruiting visit i mean it's nothing i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with the transfer portal or anything at all like it allows people to allows more flexibility some would say it's kind of punting on the players that you recruited and developed right you're, you're recruiting someone to play over people that you once believed in right but i mean it's sports man 
It's changed. Best player will play. Yeah. If you want to play, be better than not only everyone on the roster, but everyone that your team can get in the transfer portal. All right, there's a saying in comedy writing. I'm a comedy writing nerd, right? I was watching a uh, documentary on Phil Hartman last night. It was on Hulu. Uh, Phil Hartman, legendary SNL guy. And, and again, in those SNL writing rooms, best idea wins. Best, best joke wins. Whichever gets the biggest laugh wins. It doesn't matter if it, if it comes from the guy that's delivering the coffee and he just goes, oh, haha, it could be funny if this happens, or if it comes from the head writer of SNL. Right? The funniest joke wins. And it has to be that way to make a funny anything. Yeah. It has to be that way. And the same is true in college football. If you want to win a conference, if you want to win a national title, if you want to beat your rival, it has to be the best player will play. Doesn't matter if the best player is someone that is the hardest worker on the team and everybody loves, or if the best player, uh, or if the, the best player is someone that showed up two days ago and and stepped on campus as an extremely talented individual. The best player has to play, and and I think we'll see that with the Hokies next year when we see some new faces taking over for guys that were starters a season ago. Let's take a break. When we come back, Bill Roth joins us for the Roth Report. Stick around. <laughs> 